Well, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. We began with Luke 12, 49. I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. Jesus came to send fire on the earth. The NLV reads, I have come to bring fire down to the earth. The NLT, I have come to set the world on fire. If we know the text, we understand and are aware of its nature. Jesus came to bring fire down to earth, and with this fire comes a dividing. Men are divided when they follow Christ, a separation, a setting apart. The message paraphrase reads, I've come to start a fire in this earth. How I wish it were blazing right now. I've come to change everything. Turn everything right side up. How I long for it to be finished. You know, there is no doubt that when we come to know Jesus Christ, a fire is kindled in us. Our lives are marked ignited with a heavenly flame. It's a moment of ignition, and from that moment on, the fire begins to grow and burn. Brighter and stronger from glory to glory for the length of our days on this earth. This is the design of Jesus. That's the way of those that are His. This fire is to affect our person and to affect our world. Fire in us and fire around us. Fire in our hearts. Fire in our souls. Fire in our spirits that there be fire in our homes. Fire in our families, fire in our churches, and fire in our world. The fires of the Lord and the fires of the Spirit. Burning bright and burning strong. Always burning, never dying out getting brighter and stronger, ever-increasing and ever-intensifying. Romans 12, 11, the Amplified Bible, be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. You know, the Lord never had it in mind. He never intended that His people would live without fire. He never had it in mind, never intended that his church would function and exist without fire. Why would we want to live and exist without fire? Without the fires 
the Lord would have burning in us and in our world. And surely we are not talking about living a form of Christianity that denies the power. Samuel Chadwick said these words, the soul's safety is in its heat. Truth without enthusiasm, morality without emotion, ritual without soul make for a church without power. Destitute of the fire of God, nothing else counts. Possessing fire, nothing else matters. If the fire started in us is to continue to burn and continue to grow and intensify, we will have to tend to the fire. There's a responsibility on our part. You see, concerning this, fires start with intention, and fires are started with intention, purpose, desire and effort that there be a burning. Fires are kept burning by the same desire and effort and responsibility and watchfulness, attention, Diligence. Fires die from neglect. Or from things that will put them out. Or cause them to die out. Or die down. Romans 12, 11, the J.B. Phillips New Testament, let us not allow slackness to spoil our work and let us keep the fires of the Spirit burning. Church, the Lord is calling on us to tend the fire. In the Old Testament, the priests had a serious responsibility to keep the fire burning on the altar. Leviticus 6, verses 12 and 13, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. The message reads, keep the fire on the altar burning. It must not go out. Replenish the wood for the fire every morning. Arrange the whole burnt offering on it and burn the fat of the peace offering on top of it all. Keep the fire burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. We are New Testament priests with the same responsibility. Fires die from neglect. Unwillingness to move, to get up and work, to cut wood and carry wood to the fire and place it right. Fires die from neglect.
It might very well mean taking up the axe. Are you willing to take up the axe? You see, even this is done by the power of God, and we need the edge of the Spirit. Without the edge, all we have is the handle. Call on the Lord and witness an axe head rise to float on the waters of your supplication and intercession. And remember, the axe is borrowed that we don't become prideful and pride-filled. Lost the edge? Is it neglect? Fires die from neglect. If it is so, it's time to quit ourselves like men and women of God, to cast off apathy, indifference, lethargy, and laziness. We desperately need the fires of the Lord burning. Without them, there is a great and tragic cost. And what of a rogue burning, claiming a future generation? Because we didn't tend the fire, because we neglected the fire. The words of William Booth, the tendency of fire is to go out. Watch the fire on the altar of your heart. Anyone who has tended a fireplace fire knows that it needs to be stirred up occasionally. The fire is to always be burning hot. You see, the truth is inconsistent fires are the product of sporadic nature and manner. Hear the word of the Lord today. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. The Lord is calling on us to prepare for fire. If we want the fires of the Lord ignited in our world, we are going to have to prepare. First Chronicles 21, verse 26, And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called on the Lord, and he answered him from heaven by fire on the altar of burnt offering. 2 Chronicles 7.1, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Tommy Tenney said these words, fire doesn't fall on empty altars. There has to be a sacrifice on the altar for the fire to fall. You know, altars were erected and built for a purpose. Built for the purpose and visitation of fire. And on these altars, offerings, sacrifices were laid. And there was a calling on the Lord that he would take note of the preparation the incense of prayer rising from the earth. And the Bible says that the Lord answered from heaven by fire on the altar. That fire came down from heaven. 
There's a responsibility on our part. The word of the Lord today, if we will build altars, the altars of the Lord and altars for the Lord. And if we will offer offerings and sacrifices, placing them on the altar. And if we will pray and call on the Lord, he will answer by fire. The Lord never intended, he never had it in mind that his people would live without fire. Be content to live without fire. I wonder how he feels. When he views a manner, one of neglect, carelessness, sporadic nature, and manner. Build an altar in your home. Fathers and mothers and children, young person, if the parents aren't, you take to the task. Will you not cry from this time, cry out to him, my father, thou art the guide of my youth? The reason many homes have no fire, no divine burning, is because there is no altar or just the busyness of building everything else. Christ in the head, not in the heart. Or perhaps there's an old altar that has been forgotten or forsaken. An altar that hasn't seen an offering or sacrifice for some time now. Nothing more than a semblance. Christian decor. Can we be reminded today that it is not the Lord's responsibility to build the altar? To harvest and place the wood? It's not the Lord's responsibility to place the offering and the sacrifice. It's not the Lord's responsibility to do the praying and calling. The Lord will prove faithful on His end as we fulfill our role with faithfulness. Let's build altars. Build an altar in your house and trust in the Lord's promises. Isaiah 32, verses 18 and 19, My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places, though hail comes down on the forest and the city is brought low in humiliation. Can you receive the word of the Lord today? Joshua 24, 15, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> Proverbs 3, verse 33, The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. 
Second Samuel 7:29. Now therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord God, have spoken it. And with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Build an altar in your home. I share with you the words of David Wilkerson. You do not have to go to Bible school or have an ordination paper hanging on your wall in order to be part of God's royal priesthood. Everyone who has been washed in the blood of Jesus has been raised up as a priest unto the Lord. This is his testimony. I grew up in a family that observed what used to be called family altar. My father believed that the verse in Hebrews commanding Christians not to forsake corporate assembly was meant for families as well. Therefore, we were not to miss the family altar. If my siblings and I were out playing with our friends when it came time for family altar, we always came in when our parents called out, Prayer time! Everyone in the neighborhood knew the Wilkerson's were going to the altar. My father happily took on the role of priest and shepherd in our home. But what about you? Have you searched your heart about being a priest to your family? Psalm 112, 1 to 3, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Yes, under the upright, there arises light in the darkness. Build an altar in your home. Build an altar in the house of the Lord. Genesis 35, 1. Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make an altar there to God. Come to the house of the Lord. Do not forsake the assembly. You know that the Bible actually commands Christians not to? It's not an option. <laughs> Do not. The altar needs consistent and persistent tending. Remember this, the product of sporadic nature and manner. Fires die down, fires die out. Or they're sporadic. God is calling for more, for a level beyond this in our lives. 
Do not forsake. Get in the house and press in. Stir up the fire. I'd encourage all of us here, let's make the most of the time we have in this place. Ezekiel 44, 15 and 16, but the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me. They shall come near me to minister to me. And they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, says the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary, and they shall come near my table to minister to me, and they shall keep my charge. I quote, The Lord is still God of Bethel, and he is saying to us, Go to Bethel, because I am going to meet you there. We know that the Lord is calling us to a commitment to his house. To build an altar in his house. You see, the foundations, the pillars are the church and the home. And the enemy is after these. To weaken them, to infiltrate them, to kill them, to strip them of altars and holy fire. These words are true. The family and the church, check history, are two great pillars of Western civilization. And those two things need to be removed and taken out of the way for them to fundamentally change the power structure and moral value code of the nations. Stay sharp, people of the Lord. Lord, take the blinders off. Let us hear the call and answer, Lord. Build altars in your world. Wherever you frequent, whether you find yourself, wherever you find yourself, let the fire burn. All day long, keep pouring wood and fuel on the mobile altar of your world. Don't just wait till Sunday to come into the house of the Lord or Tuesday night. Just keep the fire hot. I love this scripture, Psalm 39, verse 3, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Church, the Lord wants to set us on fire. And the Lord wants to set us on fire, a living sacrifice. He wants to set us on fire with fire from another world. from an altar that we can't fashion. Isaiah 6, beginning at verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, This has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. What holy verses. And what of the fire of the Holy Ghost? The Lord never had it in mind that his church would live without the fire of the Holy Ghost. He never intended that his church would live, be content to live without the fire of the Holy Ghost or neglect the fire or reject the fire. Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Acts 2, we know it well in this house. Verses 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, one thing we clearly see here is that the Lord wants to give us a new utterance. The fire touched the lips of Isaiah, and the fire affected the utterance of 120 in the upper room. What does James 3.6 say? The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. We need the Lord to change our utterance. This fire from an altar that we cannot build. You know, our utterance, if it isn't holy and right, it may be the very thing killing or hindering fire. We need the Lord. 
the words of William Booth, there are different kinds of fire. There is false fire. No one knows this better than we do. But we are not such fools as to refuse good banknotes because there are false ones in circulation. And although we see here and there manifestations of what appears to us to be nothing more than mere earthly fire, we nonetheless prize and value and seek for genuine fire, which comes from the altar of the Lord. Seek for genuine fire. Keep searching. I share these words. God's Spirit has always been calling mankind to Himself to holiness, purity of heart, a separated life. And in every generation, a remnant answers this call. Joseph responded to God's call at a very early age. His ten older brothers received the same call to surrender and walk righteously, but they chose to remain in the world. On at least two occasions... All of Jacob's sons received the Spirit's call very clearly. The first was when Jacob built an altar to God, to the God of Israel, Genesis 33, 18-20. Jacob called his sons to the altar to worship with him, to kneel before the Lord and follow him, but Joseph's brothers turned to revenge and bloodshed instead. The second time, God clearly called out to the ten, was at Bethel. Jacob knew his sons were bound with idolatry and were rejecting God's call to purity and righteousness, so he warned them, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments and let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God. Genesis 35, 2-3. This is one of the clearest calls in all of God's Word. The phrase, change your garments, in Hebrew means a moral and spiritual purification of the mind and heart. Outwardly, Jacob's son surrendered. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand. And all their earrings, verse 4, but their repentance was only on the surface. They never had a true change of heart. They went right back to their rebellion, hate, envy, and strife. Joseph was different from his brothers. His repentance had been from the heart. He had responded to the Spirit's call and was wholly set on following the Lord. In the midst of a wicked, evil environment, Joseph maintained clean hands and a pure heart. Joseph was sent out into the fields to help his brothers care for the family's flocks. But he was soon grieved because his brother spoke and lived like the heathen. His pure heart was crushed by the wickedness in his own family. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Joseph unburdened his heart to his father. You wouldn't believe the way they live, Father. They speak against your God. They're grieving him. The mark of the Joseph Company 
is that they grieve over sin. They have forsaken all idols and are in love with Jesus. Their hearts aflame with his holiness. They see the sin in the land. But they are grieved most of all by the sin in the church. They cry out from their souls, Oh, Father, look at what is happening among his children. If you are part of this last day company, you cannot overlook sin. Rather, something has to rise up in you that says, Oh, God, I can't stand what they're doing to your name. You begin to pray, not against people, but against the inroads of demonic powers into the church of Jesus Christ. That's where it's at. That's where we are today. Let's have the worship team return. The fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. The Lord is speaking to us today. Start now in the house of the Lord. Begin tomorrow, a fresh week, a new week, in right manner. Leviticus 6, 12 and 13, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. The NIV reads, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Concerning tomorrow morning, well, every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar sporadically. Continuously, it must not go out. If you know who John Wesley is, great founder of the Methodist movement, powerful, if you check out church history. Now, what they've become today, these are his words. And in place of Methodists, we can put other names other titles. He said, my fear is not that our great movement known as the Methodists will eventually cease to exist or one day die from the earth. My fear is that our people will become content to live without the fire, the power, the excitement, the supernatural element that makes us great. Well, the call is clear, and the word of the Lord is clear. Let's open up our hearts today. The Lord is calling on us to prepare for fire.
perhaps it is neglect. Perhaps we look at our world and we're calculating the cost. You know, a father or a mother, and they're looking at their home and there's no fire of God, the altars, just a semblance, just Christian decor. It hasn't been visited for quite some time. And right now you feel the Holy Spirit. You feel the Lord calling you to dust off the altar. But you're calculating the cost. You're saying, like, what's it going to mean? Yeah, you might hear your children say, Dad, you've never, you've never drawn us to the altar before. What are you doing? This ain't like you. Well, it's a new day. Relationships, what that's going to look like. Jesus said, I came to bring fire on the earth. You know, I really want to encourage us all here today, and perhaps I'm preaching to the choir because you're all here. Don't let church attendance slip. I grew up in the church, and just last night we were discussing, you know, all these individuals that I grew up with, and now so many of them are gone. Be a part of the Joseph Company. Stay true. Make a decision today. I want to encourage the parents here today. I don't know if you remember Job. But it's recorded that he would rise up early, offering burnt offerings according to the number of his children. For perhaps they had sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And the Bible records, thus did Job continually. Fire on the altar. Let's stand in the house of the Lord today. You know, this word speaks to all of us. Lord, we so need your fire. Then your fire is lit in our world. Lord, have your way in us right now, Lord. As we open up and surrender to you. Even now, if there needs to be a breaking and a repenting, Lord, I pray in the safety of your house, in the holiness of your presence, that things would be set.